God, we just come to you now and we just thank you that we could enter into your presence with thanks and praise. And you say in Scripture, as we do this, we enter into your throne room. So we thank you that in this place, God, you can transform us. God, that's what you say in Scripture. And we can come into your presence boldly, not because of what we did, but by the grace of God. So we just thank you for your grace you've shown us that we can be in this place. God, we thank you also that your word transforms us. So we ask you to prepare our hearts for your word to be planted deep into our hearts right now. If there's anything that would get in the way, will you remove that? And I also pray for anyone who's without hope in this place and they're not in a relationship with you. I pray by your grace you'd knock on the door of their heart so they can open up that door and receive you as their Savior. In Jesus' name, everyone believe it said? Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. So good to have you in the house. And for our first time guests, I encourage you to use your voucher or even if you missed out on that, you are new after the service, just go to the red banner. And that's for everyone, all our new people, just the red banner straight out the doors. Get your first free cappuccino. Or if you want to find out more about a group or anything, do that. After the service, we're selling Burrowbush Rolls for 20 Rand, just celebrating Heritage Weekend. And um, remember, any, any food or coffee made in church helps you fall more in love with Jesus. As you taste it or drink it, you'll say, thank you, Jesus. So... So please go grab that and make the most of a bit of fun today as a family as well. Um, I trust that you're enjoying The weather seems to be getting slightly better, hey? Like it got very cold again at the end of the week. Uh, But but we're also hoping that we're stepping into a a great sunny season. and, And yeah, that we are truly blessed as a nation. Let's quickly pray for our country. God, I just lift up our country and our nation. I thank you, God, that you've had a plan to bless our nation. And and yeah, even as things can seem to be going in the wrong direction, we thank you that you can also work that for our good. God, uh, we pray that even the the pressure we face, even with load shedding and different things, would fast track innovation, would also uh, would lead to a releasing of things like innovation, um, business, and that, that people are trying to hold onto it for themselves, they would lose their hold and their grip, and you would open up the doors for, for a new season in our country. I pray, God, that this pressure we're facing would cause us to grow and end up becoming leaders in innovation, in power, in, in how to lead a country. I thank you, God, that our nation can be gain the momentum in these hard times that will bless us in Jesus' name. And everyone believe it said? Amen. Amen. Awesome. I encourage you guys. This, I haven't been praying for, for certain things just to come to an end. I've prayed now that God would release the momentum of innovation and corruption would lose its grip and all those things. So, so I'm praying. I'm not praying to get back to something. I'm praying that it, for change. Okay. I'm praying for innovation. You must remember uh, the prayers of the righteous are powerful. And so you don't overlook those things. We don't get caught up just in the natural and frustrated in the natural. We see it as an opportunity in the spiritual. Okay. And, and Scripture says we, we prophesy according to our faith. So I continuously speak over this nation. I do believe this nation will be blessed. I do believe we have got a great future. So my faith gives me a position to prophesy over it. I don't, I don't speak just the doubts or the fears or the frustration. I, I prophesy according to my faith over the nation, over my family, over my children, and I encourage you to do that as well. We are starting a brand new series, Running with the Giants, and today I'm going to look at Moses. 
And the way we look at this series is we're going to actually speak from the testimony of a giant in the faith. And we're going to be looking at men and women across the next few weeks and also as if they were in the room and actually saying, this was a moment where God spoke to me. This was a moment where I stepped out or this was a moment where I had that test where I needed to make a decision. Am I going to go this way or am I going to go God's way? And hopefully this will inspire you, and you will, as we speak, see yourself in different moments or, or, ex, or different experiences you have where you can see, okay, God is clearly also speaking to me the same way he spoke to this giant in the faith, and, and I also need to now respond. But we start off in Exodus 3, and where we're starting off is actually the burning bush experience. It's quite a famous experience. Anyone have, you've read about or heard about the burning bush experience? So that's where we're going to kick off. But before this, if you think about it, this is a young man who was born into uncertainty. Um, the king had put out an edict where he said all um, the boys, the newborn babies, would have to be put to death, um, all the Israelite boys. And he was coming against the nation of Israel. And his parents, for a few months, hid him and then put him in a basket and let him float down a river. Uh, Pharaoh's daughter ends up finding him on the river where she was, and then she takes him into the palace. She ends up asking one of the Israelite women to, to, to nurse him, and actually is uh, Moses' mom. And so God clearly um, is, is working behind the scenes, and, and he ends up growing up in the palace for 40 years. He always has this sense of calling on his life where he needs to be there for the Jewish nation as they were in slavery, and he senses it. And one day he steps out, and he sees a slave driver beating uh, one of the Jewish slaves, and he ends up um, killing the slave driver. Okay, um, clearly it was the wrong step. Even though he had the sense of urgency around the, uh, seeing the people freed, he ends up going, uh, doing it, going about it in the wrong way. Then later on, he encourages two Jewish people. Well, he, he sort of gets in the way of them fighting, and they go to him, "What are you going to do to us? The same thing you did to that Egyptian slave driver." And, and in that space, he, he actually feels condemned and he's overwhelmed with what he had just done that was wrong. He runs off into the Midian Desert. He lives there for 40 years. And in that place, he ends up marrying a lady and his father-in-law is Jethro. Jethro only has girls, so he would be the only man in the family who would then, of course, inherit everything. So he starts to work um, in the desert, taking care of all the, the livestock. And he really builds a life for himself over the next 40 years in the desert. So this is 80 years on, and he has this encounter with God. And this is how it goes. Now, um, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Herod, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush was... Um, Though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see the strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. When Moses saw that he had gone over to look, um, sorry, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here, here I am. Do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. This is, of course, what the Lord said. I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt 
and I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering, so now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. This would be a defining moment in Moses' life, and if he was here, he would say, there was a crazy moment. Not only did I see a bush that was burning but not consumed, I heard the voice of God. And then God called me back to my original purpose that I sensed I had. Even though I grew up in the palace, I didn't actually want to be seen as one of the people of the palace. I always felt more connected to the Jewish people, and it led to that day where I actually had that, that I actually ended up killing an Egyptian slave driver. Of course, he would have told you how condemned he felt when the, the Jewish people actually pointed out what he had done, and that was in his past. He put it to bed. Even though he felt his call, he also felt condemnation, he felt weak, and he felt unable to fulfill it. Clearly, he'd already made a major mistake. So now, he's got a defining moment, and he has a choice. He has a choice to carry on walking away from his calling, or he could step into it. It was his moment of faith. He could ignite his faith again. And what he'd say to us is, Live in the faith zone, not the safe zone. He'd experienced it for 80 years. He lived in a palace, best education, best food, all the comforts. And then he ran away, but he started another life. And this life would have also been comfortable. And now he got used to the comforts. He'd also say to us, each person's life story is written in risks. The, one ta- the ones taken and the ones avoided. You all are going to have the opportunity to take a risk. You know, they say when people, uh, they've interviewed great people uh, just before they passed away, people who are part of massive innovation, massive business, or great leaders, and, and it's always interesting hearing what they say. You know, um, one of the top, on the top of the list, one of the things they say is, I should have spent more time with my family. And of course, what we learn is, is time does move on. Your children do grow up, and you will never get that back. So make the most of it. Don't wonder when you can have this free time and do this. You know what? Make the most of this opportunity to be with your family. And, but the other thing that they, they'd say, and you, I hear, heard, I've heard a lot of people um, mentioned who say this. They say, I should have taken more risks. I actually should have stepped out a bit more. And a lot of us are most probably going to look back and, and, and go, well, why didn't I step out? Why didn't I try that? Why did I just get caught up in the motions, caught up in the comfort? Why didn't I take a risk? Of course, what we also know is if you play now, you will end up paying later. But if you pay now, you can play later. What you need to understand is when you are younger, the price you pay is less than the price you pay when you're older. So for instance, if I have somebody comes up to me in business, they say, well, they say, sorry, what I mean by that is saying, I want to start a business. And I'll say, well, are you married? No. So you're single? Yes. So are you the only mouth you have to feed? Yes. And you sure this is what you, and you train and you're ready. Yes, go for it. Why? Well, if you don't have money for food for a month, you're the only person you have to tell. You'll be fine. If that's your sacrifice, 
that you have to eat a bit less, you have to be tight on your budget, then why don't you do it now? They say, why now? Well, let's say in 10 years' time you're married and you've got two kids. Now you're going to have to tell your whole family we're not eating. So rather do it now. The price you pay now will be way less than the price you pay later. It's worth it. Step out. Take the risk. But you and I sometimes walk away from risk. And Moses would tell us, if God's calling you, I encourage you to step out. It's only in that space that you can see what God can really do. But if you live in your safe zone, you must probably only experience what you can do. And so Moses would say, look at my life. Do you think I'd be telling you this story if I hadn't stepped out of the safe zone? Do you think you'd even be listening to me? Do you think you'd even see my story in the Bible if I hadn't stepped out of the safe zone? Listen, some of you have stepped out of the, of the safe zone and you're feeling the pressure. But there's a story worth telling in that. Your tests and the things you face now will become a great testimony and inspire many other people. And Moses will tell you that it's outside of the safe zone that many lives are impacted. It's outside of the safe zone that, that many lives are touched. So to live in the faith zone, we're going to need to overcome the experience of our past. You can't be fixated on your past. You can't be obsessed with your past, the mistakes of your past. You can't be defined by your past. You need to understand that God is calling you into a new season. Moses was born in uncertainty. His mother put him in the hands of God by putting him in the basket. Um, he grew up in a palace where he knew he wasn't actually an Egyptian. So he, he would have said, you know, if you look at my past, Clearly, I was a mistake. I was, it was luck. By chance, I grew, showed up in a palace. But I want to let you know that God is bigger than your past. God is all about your future in Him. God is all about the fact that He's, gonna, he's already saved you, that He's destined you to be in heaven, and you can make the most of your time here on earth. He'd say what it says in Isaiah 2, Isaiah 43 verse 18, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert rivers in the badlands. Other versions say wastelands. So you're going to have to overcome your past. So many people say, I grew up in the wrong town. I grew up in the wrong family. I have the wrong surname. I don't know what the wrong surname is. Is it grief? Grief? Anyway, so... You know what I mean? Like giving you grief. But, but a lot of people, I can't believe, I've even had friends tell me, oh, if I was just, I'm like, in the Bible, you'll see right throughout the word that people were the, that were the least likely were the, in the best position for God to get all the glory. If you feel like your past disqualified you, I want to encourage you, you are in good company and you must probably position yourself for a miracle if you would just honor God and step out in it. Because God will turn your tests into great stories and testimonies and miracles. God has never been in the business of just saying, your past is good. Now you've got the resume to step into your future. He says, I am good. Look what I'll do. I'll even work all those things to your good. I'm a faithful God. Put your life in my hands. Get over your past. 
The next thing is, if you want to step into the faith zone, you have to overcome the comforts of, uh, we have to overcome the comforts of our present. Um, yes, he got comfortable again. He lived in a palace. He walked away from it. Then he, he lived in the desert of Midian. He had built the, his father-in-law's business. He would inherit it. He was getting comfortable. It was his safe zone. Jethro took him and made him part of the family, and he'd set himself up. But comfort can't coincide with calling. It sounds terrible, hey? You know that um, we were... Uh, we always look at leadership, um, different leadership books, and, and I remember listening to this a guy named Sam Chand. He, he was uh, the son of a pastor in India. He ended up moving over to America where um, he pretty much like, had a few dollars in his pockets, and, and he would stand in food lines in the front end of his life in India, and he got a job as a janitor. He, um, he, ended, up, um, as, he ended up working in this university. Years later, he became the dean of the university. Phenomenal guy. He, he was pastoring a church, and, and, and he's just done amazing work. And now he goes around the world, and he actually speaks to church uh, pastors, and he looks at, he studies church and, 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 and health and, and why certain people are making big, a bigger difference. And he said this in a leadership talk, which totally, we always mention the staff. He said, what was crazy is he met pastors who were as gifted or even more gifted, right, impacting this many people. Um, and then he'd meet a pastor who was as gifted or even less gifted, impacting so many more people. And he saw this over and over. And, and he said he, the only conclusion he could come to was that they had different pain thresholds. <laughs> he said some people didn't mind getting more uncomfortable and they ended up making a bigger difference. And some of us, we're letting our, uh, our comfort determine our impact. We say, if it's, gonna be, um, if it's not going to be comfortable for me, then I'm not going to step out into it. You and I were made to make a difference. God made you on purpose. And yes, you're going to have to step out in faith. Um, and that's what it's going to need. You're going to have to get uncomfortable for God. I believe every one of us are called to this. Because this life's temporary. And, and we're trying to find that eternal comfort we're going to have in heaven. Here on earth, we're going to miss out on the opportunity to make a difference. What I need to remind you of is, is it says only faith pleases God. Scripture says faith pleases God. That means if we're called to please God, every season on earth will require faith. And faith will always ask us to step out of the comfortable. Right now you've got a comfortable schedule. And God wants you to be a dream team and making an impact uh, serving other people. But it's going to cause you to have to walk away from your comfortable schedule. Right now, you're comfortable with how you're using your talents, and God would like you to use your talents to impact more people. But based on that comfort, you say, no. You need to step away from those comforts and start to make a difference. And he would tell us that I needed to step out. I needed to get back into the game. If we're going to step into the faith zone, we have to overcome the insecurity of the future. Moses, when God called him, a very rich experience, he, was, he first of all asked him to send someone else. He actually said, please send somebody else. Exodus 4 verse 13, Moses said, oh Lord, please send somebody else to do it. I don't know if that's, you know what I mean? Have you ever done that? You go to church, you hear the need, we're praying, or we're to plant a church, and you just go, God bless those people who are going. <laughs> God's like, I'm sending you. What? No, God, not me. 
Here's another thing I want to say. Listen, a lot of us have this weird fear, like, you know, I'm not going to fast and pray because God's going to send me to this country. That's not the case. What I experienced, my fear and, and the, where I felt inadequate kept me out of my calling. But as soon as I did it, I felt like I'd put on the perfect pair of shoes. It's like the shoes that I was made for. Your calling is the place where you feel the pleasure of God and you feel your greatest joy. I don't believe you've really experienced life until you've stepped into that space that God's called you to. And you know what, Moses, you know, he was in a palace. He would have felt something was missing. He was in a desert growing a business. Something was missing. Then he steps in front of Pharaoh and he's, he's doing it scared. But boy, I've never felt this alive. I've never felt like I've been living. I've been missing out. God called me to this. And that's the thing. It might not always feel comfortable, but you'll never feel as alive as you feel when you're serving God and serving people. I encourage you to overcome your past. So Moses says, who am I that I should go? What shall I say to them? He had like every question. I reckon God kept answering. He's like, but suppose they'll not believe me, and, and I'm slow of speech. Well, God said, you know what you tell them? When they ask you these questions, you just respond with one answer. I am sent me. Well, who's I am? The great I am. And he says, I'm enough. I'm all-powerful. I'm all-knowing. I'm all-loving. And I'll make a way where there seems to be no way, even through the, the sea, the Red Sea, even through a desert, I'll make a new road. I encourage you to step out and see what only I can do. So you're going to have to let go of those insecurities and fear as you look into this awesome future that God has for you. So yes, Moses ends up moving. How? He has to come to the place where he goes, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding anymore. I'm not going to lean on the maths I've put together of what comfort looks like. I'm not going to lean on the maths I've put together of what safety looks like. You know the safest place for you and your family is in the call of God? The safest road to drive on in any planet is where the road that you call to drive on, the community you call to serve at. And that's what people don't get. They try to do maths. If I move there, I'm going to set up my children for this. And if I do this, I'm going to set up my life. No, no. The safest place is the place you call to. That's where you've got God's favor, protection, and peace, and you've got God's blessing. That's the place we all should go. So he leans on God. I don't know what you're leaning on. If you are leaning on something that's unstable, don't be surprised when your life falls apart. You know what he leans on? He leans on the rock of ages. He leans on God. He leans on Christ. He leans on God's promise. And it's crazy. Moses never falls and crumbles. He gets to leave the safe zone. But, but if you want to lean on God, you're going to have to leave the safe zone. You're going to have to leave that for the faith zone, and that's what he does. So you know what? If we're going to leave it, I'll remind you, we do not naturally leave the safe zone. We don't, we don't do it in the natural. It's, it's so not part of our DNA, our makeup. We leave it supernaturally. 
We leave it in a place with God. And, and, and Moses in Exodus 33 verse 11, this is a picture of his life with God. It says the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. You know what I love is his first encounter to stepping in faith was at a burning bush. He was in front of God. He heard God's voice. And then we see that's how he continued his journey. He had these face-to-face encounters with God. If you're going to do it, it needs to start with God. You need to be sustained by God. It needs to end with God. That's the only way to leave the, the safe zone. It needs to start God, and God needs to speak to you. I remember us having a sense in COVID. There were restrictions, and there was pressure, and it was this opportunity for innovation and change. You know, people said, let's pray. One day we return to the old. Why would we want to return to the old? Let's step into something new. So we, we had this sense, let's do locations and try it. And once we try it, we'll, we'll make our, our staff and our team and our dream team as flexible for new churches. And so we did it. We even changed our kitchen. We said we want to serve, like it was all about, hey, we used to do this. Let's not do what we used to do. What can we do that we've wanted to always do? What, do we, what can we do that we've dreamt of doing? We said we dreamed of doing a church. So we stepped out into Malpas and God did a miracle there bringing two together. And then we wrote down, we, we had a sense that we, we need to plant a church in Camps Bay. I remember us praying and, and then a door closed. In Bloberg, it was growing a location there. But once the God closed the door, we knocked everywhere. Um, that's the ringer, Andre, you've got 10 minutes left to preach. I know someone's phone, somebody's phone's going, that's God calling you to step out the safe zone. <laughs> I'm just confirming that anyway. No stress, this here. My phone's gone on with services, so we're all, we, we're all together in this. Don't stress. But, but I remember... Um, then we felt, it was like, almost like, wow, now we've got a team that's ready for camp space. We prayed, and we had a sense we're going to do it at the end of September. Yeah, no, they, um, that's urgent. Um, so, so we were, end of September, we were going to do it, and we wrote a date down. And, and so we did it with the team, an executive team, and, and then, and then um, I think we were like, May, hey, we decided we have to have a building. We wrote all these dates down. And it was in God's presence. We were worshiping, fasting. I remember like May came and like the guys were like, okay, we're supposed to find a building. I was like, you sure you heard from God, guys? <laughs> and, and you're saying, now I'm in the natural. In the supernatural, God said, put on a church. I was amen. In the natural, I'm like, we should not do this. This is stupid. You know what I mean? What are we doing, guys? Like, and so we just put a, we found a, a property company. They took us around to the, the Atlantic seaboard. We looked. Honestly, was walking around. Going, I don't know how it's going to happen. Anyway, um, like, but I, in, in, the, in the fast, uh, God, I believed it. Now in the natural, I'm going, I don't know how the maths works. Can we do this? But we went. We just did it. We carried on saving. We left the safe zone. We were now in the faith zone. And sometimes I'll remind you that you don't have to know all the maths, but if God has said it, you can step into it and He can lead you. It's about carrying on stepping. And you know what we did? We created accountability. And that's why you need part of a dream team, part of relationships. We just created, and it it helped because there was a date. But we said we're going to do this in May. I was like, yes, we did. Let's do it. Let's do it. Then all of a sudden, Matt fasted and prayed because he couldn't find a door that opened. And then he found, must phone Kansberg. Kansberg already told us, no, Kansberg, hi. And every church around there told us, oh, you're never going to Kansberg. We even had one church message us, please pray. Prayerfully consider not coming. Like, like it was a joke. Like we had, 
I believe that's a good guy. Let's listen to him. Anyway, like, you know, let's not go. But then Camps Bay opened. And these other churches said to me, I don't know how that happened. We've tried Camps Bay. And they even said, clearly God's in it. Clearly God's in this thing. But you know what? The, uh, you, you can't overlook your supernatural moments and make your natural bigger. You can't let your, your natural feelings trump those supernatural encounters. You have to write them down. You have to stay accountable. God has spoken. You can step out. He's going to show off and show himself faithful. And can imagine Moses always had that. What must I go with? What have you got? I've got a stick. Throw in the ground. Let me show you what I can do. He would have continuously had very natural moments. God, why did you give me these people? He even struck a rock. He couldn't go into the, the promised land. There were very natural moments, but he still had face-to-face encounters with God. You and I need a relationship with God. That's why one of our biggest values is Jesus at the center. It's our number one value in the church. The best gift you give to your marriage, to your workplace, the best gift you give to your children, the best gift you give to our church, this community, is your relationship with God. It's your quiet times, falling more in love with Jesus. It's the best gift you give to anyone because Jesus loves them. And if you're more in love with God, you'll start to love people. I encourage you not to overlook the, 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 your relationship with God. Everything flows out of relationship with Jesus. The next thing I want to say is growth begins when you leave the safe zone. Until you go, you're never really going to grow. The muscles, the spiritual muscles that God wants to grow in your life are going to require going. Without Faith without works is? We're going to have to go. Mark 2 verse 22. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the wine will burst the skins. Both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, we pour new wine into new wineskins. Why? New wineskins are flexible. They, as the wine um, is, is settling, there's movement. The old wineskins are static. They, they, they're not agile. They're fragile. If we're going to reach our destiny, Moses would tell us, you're going to have to stay agile. Well, how, Moses? You have to keep stepping. You have to keep moving. Keep honoring God. Just even one step at a time. And God will keep you in a position where you can pour new things into your life. And that's why even at the church, one of our big things is we, we, we embrace the stretch. We embrace vision. We, we don't get intimidated by vision. We actually stay flexible. We embrace it. We thank God because it keeps us moving in Christ. And it makes us like new wineskins that He can put new wine into. Yeah, and He can do a new thing in our life. We don't celebrate um, just what's static. We, we celebrate that God's moving. He's moving in our nation. He's moving in our church. He's moving in my family, my kids. They're one of the best gifts I said I can give to my children my relationship with Jesus and my faith. Um, I want them to also have a faith walk. And, and, and so I need to point them in the way they should go. Well, I don't want to point them down the road. Hey, you need to go there. No, no, I'm going to walk that road. Because yes, what, as you walk it, you know what I mean? Whatever you're doing little by little, it runs in the children, they say, you know? 
or walks in the fathers, runs in the children. Well, I want them to run a great, I want their, their faith journey to be greater than mine. Well, I'm going to have to walk by faith and believe that promise that, that as I point them in the direction they should go, they won't depart. So if you want to grow, you need to go. The safe zone robs us of great moments. You know, my experience over the last 22 years, and even before that in this church, it's been incredible. But it's, it's come as I've stepped out. I've truly got to experience what 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God has never not provided for His good work. I have shown up. I'm here and He's provided. I've had to keep my heart in a place where I've seen this as a privilege. I'm a son in this house. And I say to people, I'm a son in this house. I've been here now for years. I'm 44. I've been here since I was 17. I still drive to this house the same way. Then I used to walk. Now I drive. But I don't, that's one of the things I've had to decide. I don't want to get to a place where it's, oh, well, here we go. No, no, it's still the same. I'm showing up for His good work. I get to, and He's always provided... I encourage you to show up. Start to live differently. People, you know, they, what's the big deal? And you, you're doing this. Well, well, yes, you can look at the small seed, but God says the smallest seed becomes the biggest tree. And, and so you can see the small, or are you just, you've been here for, uh, you've been here for that many years, just showing up week in, week out. Yes, and it's crazy. We've not even seen what God will do yet. And church is being planted from here. We're impacting Zambia and the nation of South Africa. We just helped a church now in Paul. They're planting today. And we're again coaching them this week and sitting with them. And then CJ phoned him as well and spoke through worship. And that's a small little seed, but those seeds become the biggest tree. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep showing up. We're going to keep serving. And people can go, oh, what's the big deal? What's the big deal in heaven? And we want to live for heaven. So as I close, just quickly, to live by faith, recognize that God is already at work in you. Hebrews 11 verse 23, by faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. The same God who made Moses made you. He made you. He, the same hands that worked on Moses worked on your life, in your mother's womb, saw every day ahead of you. He worked on your life. God has always been involved in your life. So when He interrupts your life, He's calling you to what He's already made you for. Let Him interrupt your life. He's always been involved. He's got something more for you. Number two, to live by faith, refuse to be defined by anything but God. And I love that. Because some people might say, yo, this is the future for South Africa. And, and you know, I'll go, I'm a child of God. But you know what else? Yo, but God. But God can work that to my good. But God can do a miracle in my life, in my family. But God. I'm not going to let my life be defined by but the economy. No, no, it's but God stepped in and saved me. But God made me in my mother's womb. But God's called me. When I'm faithless, He's faithful. But God is good. And lastly, when you live by faith, it impacts others around you. 
Hebrews 11 verse 28. But by faith, he, Moses, kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that the destroyers of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. He put the blood in the doorposts. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But, uh, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. God has saved you with somebody else in mind. The only thing you get to take with you to heaven is people. Live for eternity, impact people. Live for eternity, serve people. The only way you can serve God is by serving people. You can't isolate yourself to your destiny. You, the, the church is the body of Christ. We can't celebrate um, independence, isolation. I don't need the church. Yeah, Jesus saves you, but it says the church is his body. And you're a part of it. You'd never do that to one of your body parts. Why would you do that to yourself? You're connected. And together, we link hands and we reach further. And we see more people's lives change. Yeah, we might be sitting here, but our hands are reaching Zambia right now. We might be sitting here, but there's a church in Franchuk, Paul, that's actually getting planted there. We just sowed a small seed into it. We might be sitting here, but we're impacting Peter Marichburg right now. Lucania is probably preaching. We might be sitting here, but we're impacting Malpo's Camps Bay. And we've played a part in many other churches. We might be sitting here, but our hands are linked and they're going further than we could hope, dream, or imagine. Step out in faith. You want to close your eyes quickly? Hopefully, as I've spoken, God's highlighted something or reminded you of something or called you into a new season. If you are here, And maybe your next step is just coming back to God, receiving Him as your Savior for the first time or you're coming back. I want to pray for you. How are we going to do that? Well, we're coming back to God. He's our Savior and our Lord. We're saying, Jesus, I I can't do this by myself. I can't pay the price for my sin. I need your forgiveness. You ask Him to forgive you. I can't lead my life. I need you to lead me. Will you be my Lord? I'm coming back to you. I'm receiving your forgiveness. If that's you, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. And so all I'm going to ask you to do is, with every eye closed out of respect, I'm going to ask you just to give me a wave. Say, lead me in that prayer, Andre. I want to come back to God. I want to give my life to Him. One, two, three. If that's you, just pop your hand up quickly. If that's you, just say, that's me. God bless. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Just pop your hand up. Say, that's me. I'm coming back to God. I can't live. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. I can't live by myself. I need Jesus. Let's pray as a church family. Let's do this together. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. I confess that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead because of this confession and this belief. The Bible says that I'm saved, I'm changed, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus praise in this place. Could we um, open that side door?
Um, so we're going to open that side door over there. Just it's one of, If you gave your life, you put your hand up, or maybe you didn't, but you do want to pray with somebody, we've got a salvation room. No, Rhoda, that's the next one. Sorry. <laughs> um, we're going to lead you out into the garden over there. With a... So just that one, yeah. So perfect. So if you want to, we've got a prayer room there. We've got prayer counselors. If you want prayer or you gave your life cheese, you can go through there. Um, then if you want us to pray for you in the week, there's a prayer card in the seat cover in front of you um, or under your chair in the front row. But, but remember, if it's a private prayer request, just put your request out. Let's put your name. Fill that out. Or if you need any next step or info, use your card and you can put it in the buckets as you walk out. Remember, uh, for new people, anyone taking a next step, the red banner, and then we're selling Burvos rolls uh, uh, for 20 bucks. Tonight, we've got a DJ, uh, we've got some fun, with some food on sale, and then Matt will be preaching, so you can double dip. It's, not, it's always good to do that. God bless you guys.